What's up, guys? This is Wolverine Death Machine, Mr. GMSI himself, Brian Cage. If you're watching, to the heap. Who better? Nobody. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. Welcome to our latest weekly podcast, True Hill Heat 131. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news, including huge plans for a SmackDown star moving over to Monday Night Raw, recap of WWE Hell in a Cell 2021, as well as WWE Raw that also had a Hell in a Cell match, WWE NXT with the debut of a brand new stable, three NXT stars getting main roster tryouts, including two actually being split up, WWE planning a big time first ever matchup for SummerSlam, and our very special top 10 greatest Hell in a Cell matches of all time. I am back once again with the beautiful, the lovely, the princess of all the true hills, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, 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 boys. How are you guys doing this lovely day? Hey, Pooh. It's beautiful outside. It is a wonderful day, yes. Wonderful day in the neighborhood, and we are joined once again by the resident true heel alcoholic himself, Top Guy JJ. Speaking of alcohol, so I made a mistake. So I'm, I'm gonna. So I'm, as after this introduction, I'm gonna walk off for like five seconds because my cup is like directly across from me, <laughs> and it's off of my set like an idiot because I'm putting a list together and I'm like, yeah, that cup is looking at me like, yeah, you fucked up. Yes, we are got a lot of wrestling news to get into this week. First up, we want to send our condolences, our thoughts and prayers. Rest in peace, rest in power to Super Genie, Melissa Coates, who was uh, the significant other of Sabu. Actually, me and Top Guy JJ actually got to meet her. Uh, we shared a vape pen with her and Sabu in New Orleans during WrestleMania 34 weekend. Uh, she passed away oh, this that week. That sounds epic. Wow. At a very young age of 50 years old. So, Aww. you know, thoughts and condolences to her family, her friends, for the late, great Super Genie. But, on a brighter note, this edition of True Hill He is brought to you by our good friends over at Powered 4 TV. Of course, Powered 4 TV is the lead streaming site for all of uk wrestling from past present and future our good friend john scott a shout out to him and of course if you want to get your subscription to power 4 tv and see one pw tnt extreme superstar wrestling and all the great stuff that they got over there you can use the promo code for 50 percent off sp3 so use that Get your 50% off for Powered 4 TV. And, of course, for everyone watching us on YouTube right now, give this video a thumbs up. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, smash that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified so you always get contacted whenever we get a live stream or have new content right here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Drop your comments down below in the comment section because we want to hear from you guys. We always like to say your comments out on an episode of True Hill Heat, but we can only do that 
that if you leave your thoughts in the comment section below. If you're listening to us on all your favorite podcast platforms, make us one of your favorite wrestling podcasts on iTunes or Spotify or Anchor or wherever you're listening to us and leave us a review and we will also shout you out during our True Heel Roll Call, how we start off every edition of True Heel Heat. This is for everyone supporting us on social media, the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, or your favorite podcast platforms. Starting off with our top three conversation starters, the True Hill Trinity. Coming in at number three is none other than the New Japan aficionado himself, James Wims. James Wims. James Wims. Yes, yes. He's still in there. Hang in there. Coming in at number two is the aforementioned Mr. Power for TV himself, John Scott. And coming in at number one, back from retirement like he never left, he joined us on True Hill Heat 130 during our live call-in edition. He is none other than Nick Jackson. The yep, Nick yep. Absolutely, yes. And thank you to everyone who joined us for our call-in edition last week. We had a whole bunch of fun, a, a lot of great uh, inside. We got some impressions. We got some <laughs> basketball talk. It was a lot of fun for you guys. We will be having another call-in edition maybe in a couple of months when we get more support right here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We always like to bring you guys aboard because this show is interactive and it's all about you guys being the host as well a couple of true hills that we got a shout out carlos navarro uh, alliance wrestling monica h love who uh, you know shouted us out on twitter showed love to our china documentary review uh, also pablo arzino palo uh, on twitter a couple of youtube subscriber highlights we got honest beyond reasonable on true hill heat 130 he said cool show guys enjoyed it a lot something i forgot to ask was Alexa Bliss uh, Sherry uh, getting $600 for a cameo that someone posted on Twitter and it was only eight, 16 seconds long uh, that's disgusting in my opinion and she's yeah. not the only one a lot of the top WWE stars doing it basically fuck the fans now and make my blood boil Whew. honest beyond reasonable getting very heated in the comments and on a nicer note, for me and Chrissy Love, during our Vice Versa Presents China Documentary Review, we got a great uh, comment from Blaze Bodies, who said, Outstanding review, sir and madam. You both expressed a true and honest review, and it was actually none other than China's ex-boyfriend, Jerry Police. Uh, Chrissy, nice. how about that? Yep. People looking Shut at us, yeah. <laughs> Shouts out to him. Shouts out to everyone who's supporting the True Hill Heat YouTube channel and us on all of our favorite uh, social media platforms. But we're going to start things off as usual with a top news story. WWE on Friday announced its latest edition of Talent Cuts. This is the fourth time this year WWE has had major releases dating back to April following WrestleMania with the likes of Mickie James, The Iconics. We then had NXT cuts of Velveteen Dream and Jake Wirtz. 
There was also the releases that we talked about a few episodes ago with Alistair Black as well as Braun Strowman. In this fourth edition of Cuts, at the head of the list is none other than NXT, former NXT Tag Team Champions Breezango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze. Fandango had been with the company dating back all the way to Season 4 of NXT in 2010-2011. He was the winner of Season 4 of NXT and um, had been one of the more popular stars upon his debut as Fandango back in 2013 where he was the craze of the WWE Universe with his theme song. Him and Tyler Breeze later became a tag team on the main roster and were among the most popular in the tag team division, especially on SmackDown in 2017 with their Fashion Files uh, skits. Tyler Breeze had been one of the pioneers of the NXT uh, come up in 2014 when they came on the WWE Network. He was considered one of the camp miss stars upon his debut on the main roster, which WWE never really were able to capitalize on. The two men made their way back to NXT last year where they won the NXT Tag Team Championships and were on the NXT show just two weeks ago defeating Imperium. Uh, Tyler Breeze's departure also puts in flux the Up Up Down Down series where he has been a fixture with Xavier Woods, their Battle of the Brands uh, shows had been one of the more popular on the Up Up Down Down channel so it should be very interesting to see what comes out of these releases here but there were much much more on Friday uh, we also had Killian Dane who was released from his his contract upon actually training at the WWE Performance Center also 205 live stars such as Kurt Stallion and August Gray who just signed last year uh, Everrise the tag team of uh, Parker and Martell were actually on the NXT show this past week losing to Hit Row also, former Cruiserweight Champion Tony Nese was released. Ariel Davari, one of the pioneers of the 205 Live uh, division and roster back in 2016, was also among those released. The same brothers, the Bollywood Boys, uh, who were the seconds to Jinder Mahal during his 2017 WWE Championship reign, were also released. The wife of Roderick Strong and one of the best friends of Rowdy Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, was also released. She joins the other... Uh another member of the four horsewomen of MMA, Jessamine Duke who was released earlier this year Arturo Ruas who was a part of the WWE draft just last year was also among those released all these stars include also Tino Sabatelli who was just re-signed to WWE in August 2020 they were also released it was upwards to 13 different superstars who were released on this day, it was a Shocking bit of news that caught the wrestling world by surprise. We will talk about these WWE releases a little bit more on True Hill Heat 132 next week. Mr. Big E, uh, he is actually being rumored to be moved over to Monday Night Raw as a single star with main event plans. It was reported earlier this month that the WWE draft will happen later this year as night one will happen on Raw on August. 
August 30th, while Night 2 happens on September 3rd during the SmackDown telecast. And according mm-hmm. to a new report from WrestleVotes, Big E is one of the SmackDown stars that is being considered for a move to the Raw brand. The plan is for E to continue to be pushed as a singles wrestler in the main event scene, even though New Day will technically be reunited on the brand. So it will essentially be the New Day coming back together on Monday Night Raw, but the plans are to keep Big E with the upward trajectory into the main event scene. So, Lindsay mm. Love, what are your thoughts on Big E potentially being moved to Monday Night Raw? Um, let's do it. I mean, uh, he is but so many times he can fight Apollo Crews or, or Sami Zayn. Uh, so that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's more guys for him to uh, be pushed and uh, do bigger things with on Raw to make Raw better because Lord knows it needs it. Um, happy to see the New Day get back together, but more importantly, they're keeping him in his singles run so they keep the shine on Biggie so Biggie can do his thing. So I'm excited to see it. How about you, uh, Top Guy JJ? What do you think about the prospects of Big E potentially getting a firmer spot, a more permanent spot in the main event scene that he seems to always be eluded from over on the SmackDown side, even though they separated the New Day? A little mixed, um, because right now I feel like anything that goes to Raw goes to shit. So mm, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a little true. afraid of it, but obviously... Raw needs the injection of potential. So mm-hmm. so they, they need it desperately. They need something to have us interested. And this has me interested. It has me wondering what they're going to do, if they're going to keep his singles push going, if they're going to have him potentially few with a hopefully Bobby Lashley right to like a prominent single spot, or they're just going to go back into their old ways and just have him be buddies with the New Day. Like it, it's just it, it, but it's it's like it's interesting. It's interesting to me, regardless, because it gives me the chance to see again what they can do with a fresh Big E going to the brand after you clearly seen what they did to him on SmackDown. They just ran that well all the way down. Mm-hmm. Like they pushed him too fast, and then that you you see what happened. Well, they stopped the Jets a little bit uh, after him winning the Intercontinental Championship. It became more about, you know, elevating Apollo Crews to kind of meet him at a certain spot and keep him at that spot instead of him keep on moving up. But uh, Chrissy, do you think that Big E could be a legitimate contender for the WWE Championship? And of course, the WWE champion himself, Bobby Lashley, considering that we found out on Monday Night Raw that Bobby Lashley will be versing Big E's brother-in from the New Day, Kofi Kingston, at Money in the Bank. Can you see them, you know, making a smooth transition into Big E coming on to the Raw roster and potentially continuing the feud between the New Day and the Hurt Business? Um... I think it can, it can, it can happen. It can, it, I definitely think, if, especially if the MVP's hand is in it, he can try to mold it and keep that story kind of going like, oh, well, you know, your friend over here didn't, get a, uh, didn't do well. How, let's, see if you could, let's see what you could do. We can run through all of you guys. He's already went through uh, uh, Xavier, so let's go to the third one. Let's bring the third one over. Oh, look, they went and brought the third one over here. Let's just have Bobby Lashley take care of him too. So it's definitely a potential of a story to be, uh, good to keep the, the line going on to go into SummerSlam, I guess, too, as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's gonna the draft happens after SummerSlam, so this is gonna be more for like the fall. But like I said, the Money in the Bank pay per view is coming up. Could you, could either one of you? I'll start with you, Top Guy JJC, Big E potentially winning Money in the Bank and then making that transition over to Monday Night Raw. So you have oh. a belief in him having a main event slot on Monday nights. It would make sense, like, honestly, it would make sense to have him go over there on a hot note because this this idea of having to build him for weeks upon weeks on a show that is flustering, it's going to be hard to kind of hard to vision because they've wasted. They clearly wasted their money in the bank last year, like completely wasted it, absolutely wasted it. So they need to redeem themselves. (laughs) They need to have somebody that is a threat, a real threat. Otis was not a fucking threat. So, like, so they need a real threat. So the fact that I'm sorry for anybody that likes Otis, I don't give a fuck. Um, Even the direction they have him going in right now is like I like it. I like. I you like. You know what? Uh, I like this. Otis would have been. A, this Otis would have probably been a threat. Exactly. This Otis would have probably been a threat because the hell, the hell Otis, he like not the family like Otis. Otis yeah. is hurting people and don't care. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he don't give a shit. Like, he's not this happy-go-lucky that's after his peach. Like, he's after crippling people right now, which is fucking and, awesome. And, and the tame of the it. hair, the whole look is all, like, he looks legit. Yeah. intimidating. Like, he, he has this look. They're, they're, they're on the right path with Otis right now. So, like, hopefully they, they continue it. But not last year's Otis. Last year's Otis was a dog. <laughs> but hopefully, yeah. I, I it agree. was a pandemic, I like They didn't I know what like to the do. Idea. I would like the idea for Biggie to to go to to be able to choose where he's gonna go as to how he gets there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It should be very interesting what they're gonna do with uh, Big E coming up. But you know, WrestleVolts has been a very reliable source when it comes to uh, wrestling news. So it looks like we're gonna have the New Day back on the same brand, which should make plenty of people happy. And with the New Day going into the main event scene at Money in the Bank, it does it does lay out you know a a path for Big E to getting success on Monday nights. And Monday nights actually looked good uh, this week, but we will get to that because we're going into <laughs> what we missed this week, which first up, we got to talk about WWE Hell in a Cell 2021, which was a uh, polarizing event. I've really, heard really? some people say it was fantastic. Some really? Who said that? What? What? How? Hey, 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 our, our, you know, uh, a friend of mine on uh, Twitter, Spencer Love of Love Wrestling, he said it was a fantastic show. Alex McCarthy is Mr. Positivity. He said that he very much enjoyed it, although he did nitpick, you know, certain stuff, as I did. And I thought that the wrestling top to bottom was very good on the show, with uh, the main event being Bobby Lashley defeating Drew McIntyre in a Hell in a Cell match to retain the WWE Championship. But... Yes, there is a but. There is a but with a couple of these matches on the card. Uh, that was thanks. Bobby Lashley getting a win was thanks to interference from MVP. And a roll-up with a handful of tights. Dirty what finish. Did, what did you think, Chrissy, of the first ever time we have had a a roll-up uh, gain the victory in a Hell in a Cell match? <sighs> Dirty finish, but I was still happy that Bobby Lashley still won. Um... Could we have had a better ending? Yeah, but we already know that somehow Drew McIntyre is going to fish his way back into the scene some kind of way. 
hate to see it, but unfortunately it's going to happen. Because uh, I'm getting about sick of Drew McIntyre right now. <laughs> so I feel like they're doing the whole like old old Roman where you're just throwing him down our throats. Like just take all of this Drew McIntyre and just shove it down my throat. No, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> but but um, I mean, the overall the match was good except for the you know the pulling up the tights. But hey, some kind of dirty. You got to have a dirty finish some kind of way to get off with the victory. He's a bad guy, you know. So bad guy got to you know <laughs> have some type of dirty finish. I understood the interference from MVP, and I like that because yes. you know it does protect Drew McIntyre. But let him get the win with the hurt lock. Let him get the win with a spear. Like, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. give me the the roll up with a handful of tights. The first I had people like on I I, I think uh, one of my friends commented on uh, the Sports Kita Wrestling review of Hell in a Cell, and they were like, "Oh well, well, well." I've seen plenty of great matches finish with the roll up. You know, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania nine. That's not, that's not a hell in a cell. That's, that's not, not a hell, that, yeah. that hell in a cell is a feud ender. This was supposed to be Drew McIntyre's yeah. last time getting a shot at the WWE Championship. His last matchup with Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Not gonna happen. We, we know that. Somewhat of a conclusive finish. Like Drew doesn't lose anything if he's distracted by the interference and gets speared. One, two, three, or referee stoppage. He's in the hurt lock and he passes out. There is a many of different ways they could have done it without having that deflating feeling with that uh, finish to the show there. But if we're going to talk about deflating finishes, and if I want to get the real ire of uh, Top Guy JJ, we got to talk about the semi main event, which was. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, which I thought was well on its way to being another good good one on Mm -hmm. this show. But then Charlotte got the victory by disqualification thanks to Rhea Ripley using the front part, the plastic part, of the announce table on on Charlotte Flair. Yes, I am talking about the plastic part that pretty much 90% of WWE matches have the person get their hand slammed into that. But if the plastic part is used to slam it into their head, it's a disqualification, apparently. We never knew this, but now we know, thanks to Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley at Hell in a Cell. What was your finish and the matchup, Top Guy JJ? Like I said during the roundtable, this was one of my favorite matches of the card. This was one of this is one this was one of my favorite matches of the night. The storytelling, the wrestling, the the classic flair attacking the leg, which is where I thought it would have been poetic for her to end up beating her with the figure eight on the bad leg. But then we use the most legal part of a fixture, and she gets disqualified for it. Every single WWE <sighs> match that I have ever seen that involves yes. a table. Yep has never ended in a disqualification with taking the table apart. (laughs) So that happened to Charlotte Flair on a pay-per-view. On a pay-per-view. Not Monday Night Raw. Not a special on main event. On a pay-per-view for the Raw Women's Championship. There's a reason why I dumpster fired all over this fucking pay-per-view. Because, yo, listen, this is literally a classic case of the performers going out there and busting their ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the writing teams with their fucking pens and papers yep. completely fucking ruined it. <sighs> There's nothing else to add to this. Like, it, that, that was wow. 
Wow, like that shit is used in every match. Every single match, that shit gets taken apart. Taken apart. Monitors yes. get thrown away. No one touch it yet. Right. Everything gets thrown away. Table gets cleared off to protect. And now you get disqualified for taking the table apart? Yep. Slam it into the yeah, defender, defender, defendant, apologist, you WWE apologist. Like how? <laughs> oh, hey. it's illegal. She's not supposed to use it. Because I was watching it and I'm like, wait, it's a disqualified. I was like, it's over. Like how? No one got pinned. Like I see Rhea Ripley on the ramp walking away, saying, yeah, just laughing. And then they said that because she she disqualified because she touched. I'm like, when? How? Every match gets it happens. When did this? When did this become a rule now? That's what you I think. Just think of stuff. Thing, Queenie. Right. Shut the fuck up. <sighs> that shit has never been done before. Yes. I, I would say that, you know, like I said, I think the wrestling was good top to bottom. On, right, yes. You know, a bit the story was match, great. A bit one match, which we'll get to, but... uh other than other than that, other than that one match, all the wrestling was very, very good, and the performance delivered once again in the Thunderdome, keeping the streak. But this was finally the time where the booking and the finishes worked against them and stopped this from being like one of my one of my one of the pay per views that I say you know the main roster delivered again, like we said at WrestleMania Backlash and WrestleMania, and even like a Fastlane Elimination Chamber. You know, we've seen plenty of good pay-per-views from the main roster although you know we we kind of trash on the main roster weekly the pay-per-views mm-hmm. always seem to deliver but between this finish and the main event finish there was a very deflating feeling to the hell in a cell pay-per-view but there was some good on the show and the the best match on the show i think is inarguable that it was bianca belair defeating bailey in a hell in a cell match to retain the smackdown women's championship in a yep. Offense from Bailey using Bianca's hair, hair. Her, as well as the callback to last year's match with Bailey and Sasha, with her pulling out the Kendall sticks taped together, her trash talking Michael Cole, uh, a lot of the bumps that Bailey took <laughs> was. Ridiculous. I love her talking shit to Michael Cole. It makes my day. I swear, it's so funny. It's like she and can't stand him. <laughs> I think Pat McAfee and Michael Cole did a great job calling the action, especially in this match, and then that finish was magnificent the kod through a ladder that was open on bailey yep. what a bump for uh bailey to take what did yes. you think uh chrissy about bianca and bailey's performance on this night i love it i i'm I, I hope i get to see enough they have great chemistry they can tell a story great together i think these two such a trend to like to to start the show to you put the uh set the set the uh scale for the show even though the show you know was you know, <laughs> had its ups and downs. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I think the the girls did awesome. I swear, loving of what Bailey was doing. She was using the hair. She tied it in knots, trying to like get Bianca. But then Bianca would take it apart, and then you know they should. You know, it was so such 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 good storytelling. I love the match. One great Hell in a Cell match for those ladies. Absolutely, they delivered. I love I love the fact they are making Bianca Belair's hair one of the fiercest weapons in all of WWE. She counteracted steel chair shots by whipping the chair out of uh, yeah. Bailey's Bailey's hand. And it seems like I would say the last like three years, 2019 with Becky and Sasha, 2020 with Bailey and Sasha, and now 
2021 with uh, Bianca and Bailey. The women are outperforming the men in Hell in a Cell matches. The women and are yes. doing the damn thing. Oh, the last, the the last, doing yes, the last damn thing. three years, yes. Yep, you're right. Absolutely. And, and, and the coin, what they did with, with uh, Bianca and, and, and Bailey, it, it, it kind of goes back to what they were trying to do at WrestleMania Backlash with the chemistry with Bianca's hair. Mm-hmm. Work to perfection in this match. Yes. Beautiful. Yep. Great storytelling from both ladies. They delivered the match of the night in a great opener to the show. But that wasn't the only uh, really good matchup on the night. That was followed by uh, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro in a mm-hmm. very fun uh, back-and-forth matchup with Seth Rollins getting a win. This guy predicted that correctly because I know WWE booking. They were not going to let Cesaro win three times in a row <laughs> over Seth Rollins. So Absolutely. Had to happen. Uh, but but, great, awesome match. Yeah, I think we both gave Cesaro that bone. Like Cesaro got to get yeah. that bone. Absolutely, he had to take that L there. You also had Sami Zayn defeat uh, Kevin Owens in a hard-hitting affair. Although I will say, overall, this card had a very repetition, uh, repetitive feeling to it because it was rematches from either WrestleMania 37, WrestleMania 36, or WrestleMania Backlash. Throughout this entire card, <laughs> the one match that I've seen 101 times is Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, whether it's in NXT, the WWE, Ring of Honor, but every single time they seem to give us something different and they gave us something different here sammy with the bloody nose uh yep. Kevin owens s- selling the nigerian nail like it's a pandemic and uh and and selling the arm very well so i i think these guys delivered in the spot they was at and Ke- and sammy Zayn getting his first win since october of which last is so year. sad which is so damn sad like how like when i don't understand it it's it First singles victory since October of 2020, and he's six singles victory since 2017. Six, six in four years, ladies and gentlemen. A guy the that way they, the way they treat Sami Zayn is just horrible. I swear, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's really, really. Bad. It 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 irks my nerves sometimes. I swear. But like I said, this uh, show, it, which was impressive that, uh, including the pre-show, had four out of seven matches were women's matches on the night. Uh, Natalia and Mandy Rose, they delivered a, a pretty solid matchup on the pre-show with Natalia getting the victory. But then on the other, other side of the spectrum, you had Alexa Bliss doing voodoo to get the victory over Shayna Baszler which was incredibly disappointing because Alexa had very good offense. He was very aggressive, had a new feeling to her. But uh, Shayna Baszler not being able to uh, put on a wrist lock because Alexa Bliss was staring at her. And then Alexa Bliss uh, hypnotizing Nia Jax to slap Reginald almost (laughs) took me out of this whole pay-per-view. What was your thoughts on uh, the voodoo child herself, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler, top guy JJ? Oh, come on, man. You're going to really ask me about this this voodoo bullshit? Like, how are we going to get voodoo in wrestling matches, man? Like, come on. Like, what is this nonsense? Like, I'm sorry. Like, first of all, I'm, I, I'm glad they didn't pull the plug, these writers, in Reginald slapping the taste out of Nia. That would have just been fucking completely tasteless. Because it would have been completely for no fucking reason and un- completely unprovoked. Um, secondly, it was horrible. I, it's horrible to watch. Like I, I can't get any enjoyment in watching shit like that. Like I'm sorry, not during. Like give me the Alexa shit in the ring. Give me the crazy shit in the ring. I don't mind all, but like 
all this act, extra. It's the writers coming in and saying, you know what, Alexa? You are doing a damn good job. But this is what we can do to fuck it up. Uh. Let's add some voodoo to your fucking character. Like, Alexa is perfectly fine the way she, like, all that crazy spider leg walking and joint, like, all that sick looking shit. Like, I don't, like, cool. That's fine. Voodoo? Right. A voodoo? The voodoo that you do. This is the whole case of the pay-per-view is the, yo, performers is like, yo, we, we gonna show out tonight. We gonna do what we've been doing every month, all year, because uh, the WWE has been doing well on their main event pay-per-views. The main event, right. the main roster pay-per-views. And then, you know what, writers is like, you know what, nah, 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 <laughs> y'all getting too many dubs, performers, too many dubs, let's go up in here and let's flip the script on y'all, let's fuck up 70% of this card, and if, and if y'all survive that and still get good reviews, great job by us. Yep, they they all thumbs up. The writers are doing great, which we'll we'll get to uh, one of the writers' comments. One of the writers' comments. They're going off like that. Lashley and McIntyre match was fucking brutal. Yes, and then and then and then you give me that last three minutes. Hey, this is this is WWE <laughs> for you. You got to take the almost enemies. Yes. Yep. This is all true, but that is not going to be the end of our Hell in a Cell talk. The uh, final segment of this show, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the ten greatest Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, have me do a whole roundtable on this shit, and we're going to talk about Hell in a Cell more. Would you let me finish? Did you not hear what I was saying? I said at this show. We're going to give their, our collective list of the 10 greatest Hell in a Cell matches. Sheesh. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We're not talking about that fucking Listening paper. Listening is key. We're not talking Listening about that. Listening is key. We're not talking I about said that Hell in a Cell. I didn't say the Hell in a Cell Thank 2021 God. pay-per-view. I said Hell in a Cell. God bless you, Hill. Sheesh. <laughs> so, moving on to what else we missed this week was Monday Night Raw, which was arguably the best episode of Monday Night Raw in the year. The year. Yeah, of the year, of the year so far, which was highlighted by the fourth Hell in a Cell match in four nights as Bobby Lashley defeated Xavier Woods with Kofi Kingston looking on as his brethren got beat down to set up Kingston versus Lashley at Money in the Bank in a few weeks' time on uh, July 18th. We will be going live with True Hill Heat on July 17th to preview that pay-per-view. The night was filled with Money in the Bank qualifying matches as well with Riddle versus McIntyre in one of the best Raw matches that I remember in recent history. And I don't even know how he did that match, to be honest. <laughs> I don't even... Banger of a matchup with McIntyre selling, you know, what happened in Hell in a Cell, the bruises on his back, it added yeah, a lot yeah, yeah, to this yeah. matchup. And Riddle getting the victory in an upset, and then after the match, confronting uh, his tag team partner in RK Bro, Randy, uh, Randy Orton with the, Randy, oh. Randy, what's wrong? Yeah. I mean, this one, bro. bro. Oh, I'm always here for you. Randy Orton was not happy because <laughs> be lost. 
Morrison. Scott Morrison defeated Randy Orton thanks to a distraction from The Miz and Riddle earlier in the night. We also had a third upset of Ricochet beating uh, EJ Styles thanks to a distraction from the Viking Raiders. On the women's side of the spectrum, you had Asuka and Naomi beat Eva Marie and, yes, Piper Nevin no more. It is Dewdrop. Uh, as well as you had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Yo, I hate these writers. I hate Yo, hate, yo like, what happened? I hate these writers, yo. Like, how? Nikki Cross with a brand new superhero gimmick. Uh, she, uh, it was apparently her idea. Defeating. Is it really? Yes, it was. It defeated Christina Baszler and Nia Jax uh, for those four ladies to qualify to the women's money in the bank. Chrissy Love, what was your thoughts on this week's Raw and what was the highlight for you? Raw was definitely so much better than the past weeks. We can actually like got to like tolerate the show today. It was actually, you know, much, much, much improvement from the weeks that we've have been given to us. Um, now I can understand the whole Nikki Cross thing because she doesn't look like this mean, evil person. Like she looks like this sweet, adorable, lovable thing. I wish she wasn't like uh, what's the name? The Hurricane's little daughter, or like uh, the Blue Blazers' uh, birth child um, had a baby. I wish she could have came with a different color scheme. Super, I don't know. Molly Holly ish, like I, I wish it was something molded into di- something different. But I, I'll, I'll give it a chance and see what happens. She did good this week, and they won. Even though uh, pairing her and Alexa Bliss was like, again, they just throw shit together. But whatever. Um, I would have gave her a different partner because Alexa Bliss clearly is not a good person. <laughs> so it's like, but overall, the show was such an improvement from what we've been getting and um definitely the the match for me was uh uh drew and riddle so so good yeah i i definitely agree with you uh drew and riddle delivered an absolute banger of the matchup back and forth hard hitting the selling of mcintyre was some of the best selling i've seen on monday night raw in quite some time but riddle has honestly been the most consistent performer on monday night raw whether it was the rk bro versus new day matchup last week Mm -hmm. versus xavier woods a couple of weeks ago had a great matchup him and kofi kingston had a great matchup as well a few weeks he's been delivering every week yes he has been he's been the the, the, the star of the, that brand these last couple of weeks, even though we have to endure some foolishness, but he's definitely been giving us some good banger matches for sure. And the RK Bro story has been uh, one of the better things because I thought they were going to kind of continue with the New Day thing, even though that kind of story ran its course. But mm-hmm. they gave it a a whole new you know page to Same. it, yeah, uh-huh. involving them in uh, the Money in the Bank. With uh, there's going to be a last chance triple threat match next week, as it's going to be AJ Styles versus Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre, with the winner getting the fourth Raw spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. What was your highlight for this? week's raw and how did you enjoy it top guy jj honestly this was the best ending to monday night raw since randy orton in 2020 like to have that finish that's how you it took them six and a half months to finally (laughs) understand how to end an episode of monday night raw because i wanted to see more this was the best like to, to literally have bobby lashley hem up 
Xavier Woods on that cage and Kofi could do nothing about it. This is the first time in about two and a half years where Kofi Kingston took things seriously. Where it was like, yo, my brother is helpless right now. I mm-hmm, can't do mm-hmm. this. is not about pancakes. This is yep. not about this is not about making fun of somebody. This is not about a clap back on somebody's joke. This is about your brother falling and you can't do nothing about yep. it. This this is how you execute Monday Night Raws. Leave us with something to look forward to the following week. Not the most randomest shit that you would just like. Who 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 the fuck was looking forward to anything that had anything to do with a dog? Right. So yes. that so that's why we go on the rants that we go on because we expect better. So when you get better, we will give you praise. This was, I believe, the best raw of the year. Like just and the reality of it is for I remember so much from this raw. The fact that Matt Riddle has been the unsung hero of this brand, even in this shit era of, of Monday Night Raw, Matt Riddle has been the most consistent thing on this brand. He has been nothing short of fucking phenomenal. And, and, and the fact that Drew McIntyre has his 97th last chance, I, I, I get it. I, get I, it. I did like the fact that I get they specified, they specified that if he won Money in the Bank... <laughs> He couldn't cash it in on right, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, like I, I like it. this. I get, yeah, I got, I got that. I got yeah. So that's why I was like, I got, I got <laughs> when they they kind of swung it around mm-hmm. and they kind of came back and gave you the theory that it still can't be against Lashley. Yeah. So it's like, all right, they kind of so it's, they 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 hearing the flack of, of of the shit that they've been given. Hopefully, some of it, and not all of it. Some you know, don't give them too start. much. Don't, don't get There you go. This is a good start. This is a great start because. If they was able to turn around almost half the shit, like I'm not even gonna get too much into Nikki Cross shit because I'd rather any version of Nikki Cross than the version of her coming out to Kelly Clarkson. Like, 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 you know like, I'm like done. any. I'm so done with any, you. The, the theme music was version, a big change. I will say that. Yes. Any yes. version of Nikki Cross is better than that inspirational. Hi, it's me. I'm I'm happy to be here. Like anything other than that. Anything other than that, but that's I, I think that's it. her. I think yeah, that's truly no, her. This is more her than that. We kind of got to see some yams, you know what I'm saying? You got to see some yams, you know. You know, Nick, Nick, Nikki Cross, you know, I feel you, but not that you, I probably need to buy into this a little bit more, but you know, anything, anything other than the Kelly Clarkson, shit. anything. People were down and skeptical of the hurricane gimmick at first. I mean, when I first saw the 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 change to our character, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yes, yes, me saw, too. Then when I actually watched Raw and I saw her promo talking about it, I was like, "Okay, I can I can see this." And then when I found out that it was her idea, we all know Vince McMahon loves these superhero gimmicks. He tried to make he tried to make Pac into Mighty Mouse. He made Ricochet <laughs> into the Black Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales. Like, so he he's done this before. So if this is somebody, uh, one of the superstars' idea, when they know Vince is gonna like it and they know they're gonna get more TV time. <laughs> yes, yes. They know they're gonna, again, again. They know they're gonna get more TV time. For it. No. Right to Vince. I love that. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. Nikki and she Jam. love her figure because she had those trash outfits on. You, you, you got to see the yams, bro. She's a host. Like she's like, like she's well, in, like yo, like you know, Nikki. Why why you was in the baggy pants all this time? Like even though I hate, I, I, the only thing I can say about the outfit is when she had the the thing on her face. They put like the blue. Like I feel like. Yeah. A two-year-old painted that shit yeah, around her damn eye. You look, you looking at that? I'm looking at the neck down. This guy. Okay. Uh, before we, before yeah. we Mark Lloyd in the in the live chat and in the comments, uh, you know, <laughs> making comparisons to Nikki Cross and uh, Julie Hart. Right. Let's move on to NXT this week. Uh, they drew 665,000 viewers this week. That's down from uh, last week's number, but I would say the playoffs. Another, yeah, the playoffs, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, but it was another quality episode of the show. You had Kyle Rally defeating uh, the Cruiserweight champion Kushida in a brilliant Matt mm -hmm. Wrestling Clinic. Uh, then Cole and Kyle Rally got into a pull apart brawl while Kushida was attacked by the debuting Diamond Mind, which was Roderick Strong, Tyler Russ, Hideki Suzuki, and Malcolm Bivens uh, to end the show as they debuted a brand new stable on the show uh you also had adam cole defeating carmelo hayes in a very fun opener to the show with carmelo hayes giving us a call back to john cena's ruthless aggression against uh kurt angle you also <laughs> had the way tease a babyface turn as al uh, gargano and theory defeated pete dunn and oni lorkin and then johnny was attacked by karrion cross who he called out earlier in the night what did you enjoy about this episode of nxt what stood out the most to you this week, Chrissy Love? Um, that we ha we're adding a yet another faction to this brand. So Homeboy Lee, uh, from one, he gets kicked out of one one group and get go makes a new group. Like, what's happening right now? What I, I need to understand. I guess they're gonna sh shoot a promo for this upcoming week coming up. Um, I just need to know what's what are we gonna do with these guys? How many more factions do we? You have the way, you've got uh, like El Fantasma. You got Des Fantasma. It's, it's I can't keep up now. It's like okay, now who are we gonna feud with? Who? Okay, so like, what's going to happen? Are we gonna now put these guys together and feud against them? Like, are we gonna now make all these people that don't like each other be in a tag tag matches and go against them? It's like we don't need that many more. Just give us the good wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I love a good faction. Now you know that. You know I love a faction. I just don't think we needed this one. But we'll see. I might bite my tongue and you know I'll eat crow and say I was wrong. But we'll see. Um, the little tease with the ladies was cool. I feel like we've seen it already, but I'll watch it. I'm here for it. I, even though we have our champion now in a tag match for the tag team champions chip, I don't understand that at all. But I watch it. It's cool. I'm happy the ladies are getting some type of shine. Um, the girl that fought against um, Monet, love her. Too bad she uh, lost. Actor Lopez. Yes, like her. Too bad she lost, but I liked. I liked her. I liked her. Like she has very good chemistry on the camera. So those were my my highlights for this week's show. I gotta be devil's advocate. I mean, I won't say that there there's too many factions because i can't i gotta keep the same energy if i like a lot of factions on aew i gotta like it on nxt i think the right. issues with the stables and factions on nxt is that all of them are heels 
Every single one of them are heels. Like that, they're near. Well, the, the way it's about to be exactly. Fixes. That's the only. That's the only good part is that they tease that the way was, uh, you know, turning babyface, and I think they were the highlight of the show for me because yeah. Johnny <laughs> they sold it. They sold it. Yes, I, I like different. I like different is always better for me a lot of times. And you got Adam Cole who's upset at Samoa Joe for choking him out last week. <laughs> you got Kerry and Cross, you know, dangling the carrot in front of Samoa Joe. Like you can't touch me. And provoke you, and then you got Pete Dunn staring him down, and then mm-hmm. you got Johnny Gargano saying, "No, I like Joe. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm not going to hear cause any chaos. I'm going to gently put my mic down. I'm not going to yeah. oh, here. I even got you a new pencil, Mister Regal. Here's your pencil. <laughs> So, I love it. I love no, it. And that I, that was good. Yes. And this is like it's 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 a testament to Johnny Gargano because yes, you know, all of us were down on him when he first turned heel, but he's really embraced the role, and it's it's really gotten him loved once again from the crowd. No, the- I loved him as a, um when he went heel at. Uh- Oh, I hated it. No, no, the one final no. shit. No, 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 the one final <laughs> shit. I was like, no, this, this is not right. Uh, this doesn't feel right. Johnny Gargano is one of the best baby faces in WWE history. Yes, yeah. I'm that, and he proved it once again in that tag team matchup when he was on fire. The crowd was behind him, and it just made me go, the the baby face Johnny Gargano is the best Johnny Gargano. That's the Johnny this Gargano that we that we will love, and him against Karrion Cross. I think will be one of Karrion Cross's uh, better matchups. Uh, I really loved uh, Carmelo Hayes. He looks like an absolute star against uh, against Adam Cole, even though Cole got mm-hmm. the victory, which was Cole's first victory of 2021. Yes, the guy that's gotten two title shots at the NXT Championship. That was his first victory on the show. But to, to also be a devil's advocate for you about Roderick Strong going into Diamond Mine, this is what Roddy does. He goes from faction to faction for faction. This is what he did in Ring of Honor. He started off with Generation oh, X. Okay. And then he went from Generation Next to the Norvermost Core. Then he went from the Norvermost Core to the House of Truth. So mm-hmm. this is what he does. And Rowdy, with a great manager, seems to work in a stable. He did that. Because with- he can't be by himself. He, it, it, it's not, it doesn't work. Because he, 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 when he did it, and I was like, yeah, this seems wrong this is not cool at all like he he needs to be a part of something and yeah i I guess that makes sense because that character him as a person he cannot be sold by himself yeah and he needs someone to do the talking for him and you know he proved that with truth martini in the house of truth malcolm bivens i've been begging them to give him more because i love me some malcolm bivens he's Mm -hmm. hilarious and him being ahead of the stable being on the mic i think is perfect Top guy JJ, what was your highlights for NXT this week? I might be in a minority here, but this was one of my favorite NXTs of the year. Mm. This show Ooh. was fucking good. Like, was. This, this show gave me a lot to get into. This gave me the Adam Cole being just just, just this pissed off guy that just doesn't give a fuck about any rules, not gonna listen to anybody, doesn't he still can't stand William Regal. <laughs> wants to do any any chance he wants to get his hands on Samoa Joe, he's gonna take it. He's still not a law-abiding citizen. Fuck your rules. And, and, and I finally needed to buy into the L.A. Night vignette, so that that felt good. Seeing that with, with with that going on with that with um him just selling himself being a scumbag, I was like, I didn't know where they was taking L.A. Night with this, but this is good. I like this. 
And then they load me, of course, with, with, with Kushida and Kylo Riley. Like, who, who the fuck is not going to be in for that? Like, I, I feel like there are so many layers to this episode of NXT. And then just the, the way where just the, the, the fucking stars of the show. And, and anybody that... So clearly, whoever is paying attention to NXT doesn't watch NXT. Because whoever wants to put in those piped-in chants of Johnny Sucks, you're fucking idiots. Because clearly, he went into that match as a face. You fucking idiots. So you're going to sit there and put a piped-in chant of Johnny Sucks when he's going against a heel team. Stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, like it, it's the writers again just like, oh, we don't even watch this shit. But we're just, oh, he's a heel. Put Johnny Sucks. That's the only piped-in chant that we have. So let's just use it. And then, and then everybody getting under Samoa Joe's skin is just fucking awesome. Like, all these guys just picking at Joe. You got carrying. I ain't provoke you. I, I love I loved this episode. And the women, the women had so much to offer on this show. Like, they had a long, they had two good segments. They, I mean, mm -hmm. of course, Frankie, and you know, I'm still trying to get into the Frankie Monet thing. But that, that pack of women right there, like, I, oh my God, oh my God, did I just get a crush on Sh on Shotzi Blackheart? Uh, Yo, no, shit. Yeah. Oh my I God. I just want to she's say, been she's been a snack. What are you talking about? You late to the to the to the, nah, to the that, show. That, 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 that fit though. That but fit though. But that segment was one of my nitpicks of the show. Yeah, mine too. The Frankie Monet, I, I think it's ridiculous. She's been on the show for three months, and that's her second match. Second match. She still okay. doesn't have a feud. And two, I was reminded. I know for, for long-time True Hill Heath fans, you know me and Ember Moon have not had the smoothest of relationships. But, oh my God, when she talks, I remember why I hated her. Because she was fucking awful. She was obnoxious. She was obnoxious. And it rubbed off on Shotzi. I love me some Shotzi Blackheart. I've been a fan of her since I saw her in Evolve. But them together... They are like the annoying friend at the party who you like, you like, you want to like, but they say corny ass jokes and you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're real funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I was just like, shut up. Turn off their mics. I was like, the only <laughs> likable people here is Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, and they don't even like each other. I was right. like, this is ridiculous. Uh, Again, we're just throwing yeah. girls together. They, they, go to, they go to SP, I know, with, with, with that Ember love. <laughs> there go. That was awful. Oh, my that God. Shit, that, shit, that shit was awfully funny. <laughs> I'm just saying, Ember Moon, just wrestle. Just wrestle. I, mean, I like her a I, lot I, when she wrestles. Not when she I, I was paying attention to Shotzi that whole time. I really wasn't even listening to Ember talk. Oh, my God. Those thigh tattoos are fucking life. <laughs> I mean, this is like the most perverted top guy. Yes, what's going on? What is happening? Talking maybe, about maybe this, maybe this Terramana is hitting me a little bit differently, but I'm just saying, like, um, <laughs> talking about Nikki Yams and uh, yeah. it, like, okay, all right, we got to move on, folks. Uh, <laughs> into our that's new why I said that women's sec that made me cringe a little bit, but go ahead, friend. I agree with you, it just felt forced to be like well, let's all of it. Yeah, let's, let's put all these girls together. Look at our tag team division. Like, no, you're, you're you don't have one. Yeah, I don't have a tag. I have a bunch of women put together. Thank but it you. was good. To, it was good to see them all. But you know, <laughs> especially good to see Shotzi. 
Jesus Christ. Moving on to our news rundown, WWE news. According to a new report from WrestleVotes, uh, the company is also is looking to for a big uh, first time ever match for Edge. The report states that WWE oh, is looking Lord. to stack the SmackDown side of the card for SummerSlam, and the rated R superstar would take on Seth Rollins. Uh, the two had a brief interaction in 2014 when Rollins attacked Edge and threatened to break his neck again if John Cena did not reinstate the authority which led to the authority being reinstated following their disbandment in uh, at Survivor Series 2014 what would be your thoughts you gave us the old man Chrissy Love what would be your thoughts on Edge versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam I mean I said old man because it's like they're, they're trying to get him in a feud with someone like you brought him back and you guys still don't know what to do with him, is what I'm saying. Oh, I mean, it, they're, they're waiting to not bring him on TV until they have a plan for him. This is what I want from them. I don't want them to just put him I, on TV and not have him do anything. That's what I just I haven't seen Edge since WrestleMania. Frankie Monet's been on TV for three months and doesn't have a feud. I'm okay with Edge being he, off of TV until he actually has a feud. Okay, sh- alright, fine. Got you. I just feel like Another thing, like, you know, he came back for, from the Royal Rumble. It's something that's trying to be forced. And I feel like I don't want it to be forced. Let it just be natural and gradually happen. So now you're trying to find him someone to feud with. When you, brought, when you initially was talking with him to bring him back, you didn't have this plan set in motion already. That's my thing of saying, oh, boy, like, oh, man. Like, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like, I don't, I don't really... I don't feel the, the urge of saying, yes, I want to see Edge in another match. That's what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. And I like Edge. It's just the fact that now is, it's something that's now. It's like, okay, he came back. He had matches. All right, now it's over with, really. Like, you can be like The Undertaker and come back maybe once or twice when they need you. And I think that's what's happening. And that's how I'm feeling. That's why it's like, oh, oh man, whatever. Like, that's why I'm rolling my eyes. Can he have a match with Seth Rollins? Probably so. It'll probably be good. How good? I don't know. Gotta see it. Gotta see what's going to lead up to it. So right now he's fighting with Cesaro. So how are we going to transition him from Cesaro to now Edge? Man, we're we're seeing different sides of the both of you on this show. We no, got no, pervy, but you know we got pervy guy JJ and pessimistic uh, Chrissy Love. Sheesh. Pervy, pervy's always been there. Absolutely. <laughs> pervy's always been there. You know. But you're hearing from Chrissy what what the consensus is on part timers. Like so, essentially, he has he's going on a part timer schedule. So basically, when you see a part timer and you're like, he pops in, pops out, pops in, pops out, it's very uninteresting. So when you get somebody that's out for four months, essentially, basically almost four months by the time he would come back, right? It's like, okay, he's gonna do this, and then he's gonna be gone again. There's nothing. To, there's nothing to follow after this story. So that's where that's where the lack of interest comes. So if he has his feud with Seth, great. But after that, if he loses, he's going to be what gone until the Royal Rumble. We shall see. We don't that, that part, or maybe maybe Survivor Series. Who knows? But it's like okay, you come back for the big pay per views. Cool. It's just again like you're a part timer, but I feel like. I don't know. I got. I just gotta see. It's like the part you, you're a part time. I find you're still gonna be at home, still waiting. Okay. 
Yeah, my only contradiction to Edge is that that's not what he stated when he made his comeback, is that he was going right. to give this a full go. Right. And now that he's basically doing what all the part-timers are doing, it kind of makes you sound like a hypocrite. Well, speaking of part-timers, Fightful Select <laughs> has additional details on WWE wanting to bring back Brock Lesnar. The site spoke with additional that work? in the company, and while it's a poorly kept secret, as quoted by Fightful, that WWE hopes to bring Lesnar back, sources close to Lesnar do not believe that there's been any real contact or movement towards doing so, although there have been previous reports of Lesnar coming back for SummerSlam to verse Bobby Lashley. Mm. And also speaking of part-timers, John Cena appeared on Thursday's Jimmy Fallon show. Uh, Cena has made it and no secret uh, that he is planning to get back into the ring at some point for WWE. And he acknowledged the rumors about his future on the Jimmy Fallon show. He said, and I quote, I'll definitely be back to the WWE. I just don't know when. Uh, it's been previously reported by Wrestling Observer as well as Fightful Select that John Cena is reportedly uh, scheduled to come back for the July 16th SmackDown in Houston, Texas, their first time on the road with fans in attendance, so it remains to be John Cena sucks. Probably. John Cena sucks. Uh, PW Insider reports that Karrion Cross, Scarlett Bordeaux, and Bronson Reed are were backstage at uh, Monday Night Raw this week, and the current plan was the the plan was for them to appear on this week's main event episode, which they did. Uh, Karrion Cross wrestled Shelton Benjamin, while Bronson Reed went one on one with Drew Gulak. Uh, the three were also backstage at last week's WWE SmackDown, according to Fight select but uh did not appear on camera instead doing a dark match for wwe officials why your nxt champion and north american champion have to do a dark match in an empty arena for about four or five people i don't know i don't know but that was the whole point of nxt that to each his own but also uh right yeah Worth noting is that uh, Karrion Cross's appearance on main event against Shelton Benjamin, reported by uh, Dave Meltzer, was without Scarlett Bordeaux, who will be having her very own uh, separate dark match before oh, this Lord. week's SmackDown taping. Uh, so it is WWE potentially splitting up Scarlett and... No, oh my god, what? This is writers getting in the way. Like, they, like... I, I would have understood all of this, SP, if you would have literally said they're doing this to see if they're doing a heat check on the reactions of crowds, but there are no crowds. Exactly. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I, did. I just wanted to mention that it was a dark it, it, That's why you said four to five people, and that was... It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so Alana and Rooster. You're not, you're not a fan of uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux uh, potentially splitting up Top Guy JJ? No. Fucking no! It's a package deal for a reason. Karrion, that's the best thing about Karrion Cross is seeing Scarlett's fine ass next to him. <laughs> like, like that's the best thing about his entire entrance is literally seeing Scarlett with the fallen prey atlas. That is the best thing about Karrion Cross's character is Scarlett Bordeaux. That's the best thing about Karrion Cross. <laughs> you ring his the entrance. bell. You ring the bell. He ain't passing three stars. The best thing about him is his entrance with Scarlet. And, and, and you're going to take that away? And then he's going to talk on his own? No. Great. Got it. Got it. 
got it, WWE. Y'all just don't know how to leave shit alone. The reason why it works in fucking NXT. It works there for a fucking reason. For fuck's sake. They've been together his whole career. And he's going to split him up now. I mean, I mean, it makes sense that uh, WWE wants them to perform in front of them because they don't watch NXT. Um, that's what that that's what this whole report basically told me is that they don't WWE like officials that don't watch NXT. They don't like shit that works that they don't have a hand in. Mm-hmm. They just truly don't like it. If they are not involved in how this shit works, they don't like it. Yep. It is a good point. Uh, also, Dave <laughs> uh, reported that both. Xavier Woods and Kevin Owens have been written off of storylines. Uh, Woods follows the beatdown from Bobby Lashley inside of Hell in a Cell to end the Monday Night Raw show. And it's for Xavier to have time off to host a new G4 show as well as other obligations. Kevin Owens is following him selling his arm in the Sami Zayn match at Hell in a Cell. And then teasing that he is leaving for some time. Meltzer did note that uh, Kevin Owens' write-off is for storyline reasons. Mm. And speaking of people that haven't been in storylines in a while, Keith Lee is facing uh, issues trademarking his name for use in professional wrestling due to a prior application by WWE. Lee attempted to uh, file the trademark for his name back in December 2020, which has been uh, turned down due to a prior application submitted by WWE. WWE themselves are having issues filing for the Keith Lee trademark as they submitted it back in December 2019, but they but failed to provide a written form of consent from Lee himself. Thus, mm. the application was abandoned. Keith Lee hasn't been seen on WWE television since February of this year. Uh, his absence uh, was previously reported to be due to health reasons, but later there's been reports that it's because of uh, storyline reasons. So, I'm glad. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Keith Lee's been sick for the past four months. And, 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 and his woman. You know, I pray... Praise to Keith Lee and his, and his WWE life because clearly <laughs> that shit is a dub. Yep. It's not looking good. Uh, first, I feel like they're trying to steal his name. Is that what it is? I, I, like, they're trying to own his name. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just you're trying to steal. You No, you cannot have my yeah, name. Is, no. That's, my, that's me. That's who I came. That's me. I, oh, my God. They're such fuckboys. This I'm is sorry. the one area I absolutely <sighs> hated. Hated. Hated, hated being. They brought right. him to the main roster. And I hated being it. right on this. Ruined, like, I, I didn't, ruined it, it. it. I just knew it. I just knew his career was gonna die over here. Like it, like he was the fucking man in NXT. Like he was a fucking man. It, 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 I hate it. I hate this. Fucking shit. Vince McMahon. He There's no him. reason for it. There's no reason for it. Like <sighs> it's just because they couldn't write his story. Yeah, yeah, pretty it's, much. Fucking ridiculous show. Uh, speaking of names, uh, Frankie Monet has released has revealed she fought to continue using the Tayo Valkyrie name as her in ring name upon signing with WWE. Yeah. Laura Loca had been wrestling as Tayo Valkyrie for over ten years across. Really? 
promotions, including Impact Wrestling and AAA. And she admitted to Wrestling Inc. this week she was saddened when she changed her ring name to Frankie Monet. She said, and I quote, I fought really hard for Taya, but sometimes it's time to evolve and change and kind of make this new chapter in my career. And I feel like this was the time for it. It was a little bit uh, sad at first because I felt like she died, but she's always a part of me. Frankie is an evolution of Taya, definitely. Anybody who knows my career knows that this w- this is a natural transition into Frankie Monet. So, she it's did Frankie her- Monet with the same outfit as Taya Valkyrie. Yo, she much. is handling disappointment with grace. Like, yeah, I, I would say that about like she because we all know, we all know, we all want a Taya Valkyrie, but the fact that she's handling it this way. I might want to follow her Frankie Monet because of how gracefully she's handling this. She's doing it the right way. According to Fightful Select, the Diamond Mine stable is a part of NXT, increasing their focus on the Cruiserweight division, which Casita serves as the champion right now. Uh, the group was reportedly in the works for months since well before Roderick Strong resigned to, in storyline from NXT. Plans were originally on the table to debut the group much sooner, but it was bumped back several times so that the debut could take center stage on an episode of NXT. As has been uh, noted, Tessa Blanchard and and Parker Bordeaux uh, were never planned to be a part of the group, despite fan speculation to the contrary, though other members for the group were talked about. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have writers, you know, planning things for months. And then you have Raw writers, new Raw writer, and uh, <laughs> one of the one of the rare hirings of WWE, hiring an African American woman. Uh, former comedian Kent Mobley appeared on the Asian Not Asian podcast to discuss her new role with WWE as writer, and seeming her seemingly confirming her lack of knowledge of WWE and professional wrestling in general. She no. said, and I quote, "Yes, I have just been hired by WWE. Given the thing." Things that you know about me and my entire life and what I'm into, yes, that's surprising. Yes, also a surprise for me. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing, and they're like, perfect, come in. Um, so I am on Monday Night Raw team, so there's Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown, and the people I know that are on it, wait for it, are Bobby... His name is either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley. Yes, she does not know the WWE champion's name. And I really should know that, she says. Uh, he's like this giant black guy. And he and the people who are... No! She, no! She did not know! He and the people that are no. part of his group are, are... I know that they call, or at least they, as of last year, they called themselves the Hurt Business. The Hurt oh Business. Oh my god, I'm they, cringing right now. You understand? I am cr- like... They wear suits oh and they're like, they're cool. Oh to be oh fair, she's put an application in now. She's African American, yeah, yes. Female, so you had you had fans online like praising the WWE, like, oh, the WWE yes, is so yes, yes. African American women as writers. Yeah, great. Like, not not you know. I do want to specify. Is... I do want to specify. You can be happy that WWE hired an African American woman. But there is a difference between hiring someone who is qualified to write professional wrestling and hiring someone to fit a quota because of affirmative action. And I think this one is that's a that's a definite. That, I think that is exactly what it's it PR, is. SP. Clearly a PR move. The PR move. 
He's going to have no say so in any of the wrestling in Monday Night Raw. The PR move. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? This is, this is the prime example of a company hiring people that have solely no clue about the job when you have people that are on the job, doing the job, all good, and you will not promote them or give them the, the you know what, let's give that person a chance. Let's do this. Let's take their ideas. No, you hire somebody that's outside, and then we have to now show them the way, let them learn these people, let them understand. Like, what? Bobby what? Ashley. Bobby, Bobby Ashley. She didn't even know. She didn't even know. First of all, if you don't even know his first name, that's fine. But right. at least know Lashley. Like, at least know the Lashley part, because he went by both. He went by just Lashley, and then he went by Bobby Lashley. At least know that part. At least know the name of your fucking main star. You know, literally. This it, is so sad. bad. Like, it's so Chrissy, sad. Like, Yo, Chrissy, love. Put your application in now. Like, I, put it in. I need to. Like, You're absolutely right. This is what they're using their peacock money on. Like they, this is what they're using their peacock money on. They're literally sitting here cutting these wrestlers because they're not putting them on TV. But then they're putting, they're doing these PR moves, and and and, and Lord bless her soul. Like I never want to ever see money or food taken off someone's table. Yes. But you're gonna hire somebody that doesn't even know the wrestlers at all. That's like literally hiring me to hockey. And then I like I like I I I'd be like who 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 are these guys? Who are you? Yeah, I don't know anything about yeah. And in another late edition included in the WWE releases on Friday, June twenty fifth, was also a writer being released. The writer that we just talked about. Kenneth Mobley. Uh, she was the writer that we just talked about who made certain comments not knowing the name of Bobby Lashley as well as admitting that she did not have knowledge of WWE prior to her hiring as a writer on the Monday Night Raw staff. She was released from her contract on Friday. Uh, this comes off the heels of Wrestling Observer Newsletter reporting that WWE backstage personnel and officials were not happy with her admittance of her lack of knowledge of WWE and professional wrestling prior to her hiring as a writer. This caused a huge uproar among fans on social media. Some uh, illogically criticizing her instead of the company for their hiring practices while others you know getting upset at fans for their reaction this caused a big stir among the social media world for professional wrestling which wwe reacted to with the release of kenneth mobley uh sean rotsap of fightful was the first to report this he also did report that wwe sources had told him that the fan reaction had little to nothing to do with her release but Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio did say that the reason that she was released wasn't due to anything other than her comments on that podcast making the company look bad. It is very unfortunate that her career and time with WWE was shortened by a ill-advised comments on this podcast but we wish Candice Mobley as well as the rest of the WWE releases on Friday the best of luck in the future and hopefully they can get back on their feet and gain success outside of the WWE 
Um, so our final WWE news note in an interview with the Wrestling Perspective podcast, so sad. Oh my WWE God. superstar Ruby Riot spoke about her time dealing with WWE creative and how she actually enjoyed being challenged by it. Uh, Ruby Riot said, at least recently, a lot of my time and energy went into the, the, big, the tag team as a whole. A lot of my ideas that I tried to get across were in the context of the Riot Squad. Uh, there was a lot of me that I don't think I ever got a chance to show. I'm not I'm saying sure. that through no fault of but my own there's probably a bunch of different things i could have done in hindsight to really show that i don't know if stifled is the word i felt challenged a lot and i kind of enjoyed that i kind of thrive on the idea of being put in a position that's maybe not for my brain and adapting to it and trying to make it work for me and having it come across organically uh it should also be noted that uh ruby has officially changed her name and her new name will be known as ruby soho and that's a play off of our Rancid song, uh, the rock band Rancid, uh, changing her handle on uh, Instagram this week. So we wish the new Ruby Soho the best of luck in uh, her future outside of WWE. Yes. AEW news and a funny note, AEW star Joey Janela got himself kicked out of the Seminole County School Board meeting last night for what appeared to be trolling the people involved. This was for an anti-mass uh, meeting that they were having about... Oh, no, no, no. Janela was at the meeting where he ran into Drake Wirtz, the former WWE referee, and noted on Twitter that he was kicked out after five minutes. Janela's interruption happens, uh, it uh, actually made the news on uh, on about the Seminole County uh, meeting. Uh, Wirtz actually gave a speech at this meeting. It's unknown if Janela is actually against Mass, but it seemed unlikely as his video on Twitter, which seems to parody those like Wirtz who are anti maskers and anti-vaccination beliefs then later when a fan of Jim Cornette posted uh, that he thinks Janela right. is one of the anti-maskers Janela replied that his that Cornette's fans were the dumbest so Janela <laughs> was definitely trolling the anti-maskers um, all of wow. AEW star Yuka Sakazaki is heading back to the promotion after a lengthy absence due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, which Sasaki uh, has been wrestling for in Japan, made the announcement that she'll be back in the U.S. on excursion in July. Her last uh, TJPW match before heading to the U.S. Uh, will be on July 1st, but she also has uh, another match schedule on August 14th, so it should be either before or after that matchup. AEW also announced the upcoming release of its first ever AEW World Championship replica title belt. Uh, the company has released more details on the belt, which uh, the pre-sale was set for this past Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on shopaew.com. And the cost of the belt is $69.99 before shipping. What? Top guy. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm gonna correct you. One of the rare times I'm ever gonna correct him on Truly, it is six ninety nine ninety nine before shipping and handling. Yeah, six it is. You said sixty nine. Oh, I said I meant to say six ninety nine. The so. shipping and handling. Oh, the shipping okay. and handling, my brother, is sixty nine dollars. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, it's time crazy. Six hundred ninety nine. Yeah, seven hundred dollars. Plus seven hundred dollars. Plus tax. tax Plus shipping. And, shipping. and I fucking want it. And I fucking want it. 
That's that a bag, friend. That's a, that's a, the that's a, that's a, most like, beautiful replica title outside of the, outside of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship that I have ever fucking seen. It is beautiful, but that's 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 so. I said I want so it. Much. I don't know. About, I I have I haven't put my mind to say I'm getting. I, it. I know I know what you're saying, but it's just so. It, why is it so much money though? Like. Hey, people pay six hundred dollars for mean, if, I pull, if I pull if I pull you my if I pull you my WWE title right now, the one that I paid almost four hundred dollars for, mm-hmm. the lack of work that's in that shit, and all the work that they put into this AEW title, I know, I know, a carbon copy, really, a carbon copy of the exact. That's so much money, though. It is a phenomenal to be, to belt. Be fair, if you yeah, go to a club, if two dudes go to a club tonight. <laughs> Two dudes are gonna go to a club tonight and buy two bottles of alcohol for seven hundred dollars. Because they're idiots, but you know that's an I, that's you know. what they do. That's neither here nor and, and they right. will drink, yeah. go home and then have hangovers. This title <laughs> I will have with me for the rest of my fucking life. To be true, that is true. Uh, when asked if Tony Khan knows the plans for Kenny Omega as Impact World Champion and if they are working with Impact for the plans, Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer writes that <laughs> they are all collaborating, especially with Omega. With Sammy Guevara, obviously, it wasn't as collaborated because it wasn't as high profile a picture. But before Omega ever won the title, there had been their battle plan all planned out on what is going to be, who he's going to be on what show with, and when it's going to be that he drops the title that was all a part of the plan on the deal way ahead of time aew dynamite closed out its friday night run uh with the best rating and audience since it temporarily moved to the night late last month wrestling nomics brandon thurston reports that the show drew a 0.2 rating in the 18 to 49 demo and did 551 thousand viewers up five percent and 13 percent from the previous week's 0.19 demo and an audience of four hundred and eighty seven thousand and the lineup for tonight's saturday night dynamite will be of course you're going to see aew world champion kenny omega defending against jungle boy hangman page the number two ranked will versus the number four ranked powerhouse hobbs the bunny will go one-on-one with chris statlander and matt seidel will versus dante martin in a rematch from AEW Dark, which was one of the uh, Dave Meltzer said one of the best matches they've ever done on AEW Dark, so that should be a very good one. In New Japan news, on Wednesday's Kazuka Road Show, El Phantasmo and Taji Shimori of the Bullet Club defeated Rapangi 3K to win their third IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. According to mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, New Japan Pro Wrestling is planning to film New Japan Strong TV tapings in front of fans very, very soon. Um, New Japan actually also announced their first show in the United States to be held in front of live fans since February 2020. It's going to be called Resurgence, and it takes place on August 14th at the Torch at the LA Coliseum in Los Angeles. Confirmed to appear on the show are IWGP US Champion John Moxley, which is a very good sign to the relationship between AEW and New Japan. As AEW previously said, they were not going to let Moxley do U.S. shows outside of the company. Uh, never openweight champion Switchblade Jay White will be on the show. Uh, strong openweight champion Filthy Tom Lawler. The Good Brothers from Impact Wrestling 
Finn Juice, Shoto Amino, and TJP from Impact Wrestling will all be on that show. In other wrestling news, Tony Dempin will verse uh, Drake, Dragon Lee for the ROH World Te- Television title on the Best in the World pay-per-view on July 11th. The All Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Triple Crown Championship was vacated due to a positive, te- a positive COVID test for its champion, Suuma. They will uh, determine the champion in a best of three series. And in what has been turned out to be one of the biggest feuds and angles of the summer of 2021, Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, has started a feud with GCW World Champion. He was on featured on Dark Side of the Ring, none other than Nick Gage. At the oh. June 6 GCW Zombie Walk Show, Matt Cardona, dressed in all black with a mask, attacked uh, Gage, giving him a paradigm shift, pretending to be John Moxley, and was revealed to the shock of the crowd to be Matt Cardona. Um, the angle then continued a week later at a special convention for Cardona's Mott podcast where Nick Cage uh, showed up and was escorted out by security. Uh, the two men will meet for the GCW title at GCW's homecoming night one on July 4th, 24th. Uh, Nick Cage addressed the feud on Sam Roberts podcast and he said before he did all that clown shit and I was messing <laughs> with him on Twitter, I had mad respect for that guy. We're talking uh-huh. about a guy who had been in WWE for over a decade him and brian myers i just respect them i'm a wrestler at heart and i respect them grinding all those years at that place and they would have never uh give him a shot he climbed the ladder and won the intercontinental title in front of 1000 uh 100,000 people how awesome was that now he's going to get in the ring with me there there will be glass surrounding him and we're going to go uh he steps into my world and he knows what it is it's violence it's blood it's gory and i'm going to cut him uh, he's going to feel that burn all that's all the stuff we see we use in gcw is real we don't use fake glass or fake barbed wire here so, <laughs> Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to happen July 24th. Oh, Matt Cardona. I hope Matt Cardona is ready for that ex-WWE life because <laughs> this is a, all that, not all a that, game. All that protection is gone, brother. Ain't no woo-woo-woo-woo is going to be ouch, 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 ouch. Woo-woo-woo, <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. Yes, oh, indeed. man. Uh, so finally, we're going to end off things. Like I said earlier, we're going to talk about the greatest Hell in a Cell matches of all time. Uh, all three of us put together a list of our top 10 greatest Hell in a Cell matches. And we put it all together to give you a collective list of matches. Uh, any honorable mentions before we go into our list first? Chrissy Love? Um, probably stealing this from you guys, but it's okay. Um... Definitely want to say Sean and Triple H, uh, 2004, for sure. Um, Roman and Bray, 2015. Um, I think everything else is pretty much on our list for honorable mentions. Uh, well, not mentions, but, you know, as far as who deserves to be in our top ten, to be honest. But those, those two are my uh, two honorable mentions. <laughs> top guy, JJ? Ah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I would like to, I think, um, if, if, if our little clusterfuck of, of, of Rikishi getting thrown off the cage, <laughs> you know, you know, or thrown into the farm den, or whatever you want to call that, that was a more yeah. comfortable 15-foot fall ever, but it still looked great on camera. Mm-hmm. 
and, and you know what? You know what? Um, shout out to the first women telling a cell match. Okay. Shout out to the first women telling a cell match. I'm, it, it clearly didn't make the list, but it, it, it's shout out to the first one. You know, finally you had two women that had the courage to do it. You know, they, they finally did it. They got put on the stage. They delivered to the best of their abilities. And, and then it set the stage for them to be outdone, which happened a number of times. Oh, we, we forgot to say it just happened this weekend because it was really, really good. Uh, Bianca and Bailey. Yes. That they definitely need to definitely need a uh, uh, shout outs to my man Roman damn near killing Ray Ray in oh, the hell yes, last yes, week. Yes, yes, yes. Like, you're right, he, you're he right. Him out of the fucking ring, power bombing him Yeet. right into the cell. Yes. Like I would it was say, damn near death that got prevented yeah. on Father's Day. It was a good weekend of Hell in the Cells. How about that? It was a good week of uh Hell in a Cell matches. My honorable mention will be from recent years, and I will say uh Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy for uh him putting a screwdriver uh, through Jeff Hardy's ear. Yeah. Ah. That was great. Uh coming so in close. Yes <laughs> at number ten on our list, only because of me, because I seem to be the only one that didn't overlook one of the greatest Hell in a Cell matches of all time. There you go. Triple H versus Batista at Vengeance 2005. The ending of their feud. Uh, This one was bloody. This one was brutal and had a fantastic finish to the matchup. Triple H grabbing the the sledgehammer as Batista lifted him up for the Batista bomb and he looked like he was about to hit him but he was all out of gas and Batista hits the Batista bomb right on the steel steps for the victory. This established Batista as confirmed him as the main eventer you know wwe like we've seen with cesaro and seth rollins if you get two wins on the guy you don't usually get the third win and that had beaten triple h at wrestlemania then at backlash and then this hell in a cell match should have been triple h getting the win back because triple h actually was undefeated in uh hell in a cell matches outside of the armageddon hell in a cell in one-on-one hell in a cell matches he was undefeated going into this matchup but batista got the victory against him so i had to show love for that that was my number two but claiming at number 10 on our collective list coming in at number t- uh, number nine is actually um one of the other women's hell in a cell matches as sasha banks went against becky lynch for the raw women's championship in 2019 miss chrissy love this uh made high on your list what was your thoughts on this one this was a banger because, again, the women, like, this was one of those Hell in a Cell matches that uh, did better than the, the men's one. And this, they, 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 they showed their asses off. And I, I feel like, like we mentioned before, like, the, the last few years, the women have outdid the men in their Hell in a Cells. And this was one of those ones where the women outshined and delivered and kicked ass. And we didn't really talk about the men's one that much because we were talking about the women. <laughs> so this is why that, this one was so high on the list. Yes, yes. The the women definitely been outperforming the men as far as the uh, Hell in a Cells for sure. But the men have been delivering some ones, but more importantly, the men together in a Mm -hmm. tag team Hell in a Cell. Only the second in history comes in at number eight from 2017. It was the Usos versus the New Day in an absolute incredible matchup filled with drama, filled with hate. 
innovative spots like the Usos trapping Xavier Woods up against the cage with kendo sticks up against his body. You had mm-hmm. the great facial expressions from Kofi Kingston outside of the cell. Big E with a great performance. But this was really a star-making performance for Xavier yeah. Woods. Even though the Usos got the victory here, I think that Xavier showed out and showed his worth in this one for sure. Uh, Coming in at number seven, we got The Undertaker versus Edge from SummerSlam 2008. An absolute uh, war between these two Mm -hmm. men, ending their long rivalry that went over a year. Undertaker hated him. (laughs) JJ, you had this on your list. What was your thoughts on this one? I think you literally just took took it out, man. This was like almost like the culmination. This this is how I loved how when WWE did storytelling right is when they culminated the rivalry inside this structure because they've already had the great encounter at twenty four. They mm-hmm. kept this rivalry going, and then they just had this amazing blow off, fucking all out war at Hell in a Cell, and you know this was Taker's domain. But Edge was willing to step in this shit, and he showed all the way out in this one. This was a few, a, one of few star-making performances for Edge. Like, like Edge really delivered in this match. I mean, we kind of know that this is what we're going to expect from the Undertaker. Like, this is like basically Undertaker's playground. But Edge, Edge came through in this mm-hmm. match and really gave the he gave Taker a run for his motherfucking money in this one. And then Undertaker choke slammed him straight to hell after the <laughs> yeah. Unfair. Uh, this is playground. Coming in at number six, and I just want to note that this came in at number five for Top Guy JJ, even though he rated it five stars last year. Um, coming in at number six on our list is Bailey versus I stand by that. at Hell in a Cell 2020. Uh, inarguable that this is the greatest woman's Hell in a Cell in history. A year-long build between the Golden Role Models going into this. Innovative spots. You had Sasha running up the, the table to hit the double the double knees. You had the uh, Ken, the use of the Kendall sticks by Bailey. Uh, an awesome performance by Bailey. And over this match and the match with Bianca Belair at this past Hell in a Cell, she has proven to be like Miss Hell in a Cell. Although, yeah. Sa- been in three with all, all her other four horsemen women. I think that Bailey has showed out and showed her worth as Miss Hell in a Cell between this year and last year. Miss Chrissy Love, what was your thoughts on uh, Bailey and Sasha? Um, definitely, she is uh, definitely Miss Hell in a Cell <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, but this one was another. This one is a banger. Uh, again, they set the bar high. They outdid the men. And uh, th- I don't know if this ended their feud, though. I think it kind of kept it going. One more match after this, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, they had yeah. The, the rematch. They had the rematch. Yeah. Right. So, so. End the feud. So that's another right. reason why she right. five stars. <laughs> um, it yeah. should have ended the feud. I don't it should have. That's writer stepping in, man. Like, that's not my fault. Great match. Great match. Right. But just overall, great storytelling and great match between the two ladies. Uh, again, didn't end in the few, but goddamn, they they wrestled their asses off with each other, and they the chemistry between them two. That's why they're such good friends. <laughs> For sure. Coming in at number five, we're in the top five now. We got, uh, once again, The Undertaker going one-on-one this time with Brock Lesnar. Like I said earlier, with Batista having a star-making moment, Xavier Woods having a star-making moment in Hell in a Sack. This was Brock Lesnar. Yes. 
coming up to the to the forefront like he defeated the rock at SummerSlam. he had defeated rick flair hulk hogan over the last couple of months but it was inside of hell in a cell that brock showed the beast that he could be in one of the bloodiest hell in a cell matches in history taker takes a steel steps to the head and it's like a gash and right, he's, yep. he's leaking he's like leaking and like pouring yep. <laughs> his head. it's ridiculous it's, it has to be seen to believe uh 2015 they had another strong Hell in a Cell match But I think that this was the better Of the two, you know, 13 years Apart, so they deserve credit for delivering Two great Hell in a Cells with over A decade in right. between between Brock and Taker, and they're only uh, two, two, two of the Men that have been in three Hell in a uh, Been in two Hell in a Cells together uh, The other combinations Were Cena and Orton in 2009 In mm -hmm. 2014 And Ryback and CM Punk In 2012 in 2013, which was the 2013 was with Paul Heyman, but we don't want to talk about either one of those. So let's thank, no, thank you. Don't even mention them. Number <laughs> to number four, which was actually number one ranked for WWE when they did a list of their greatest Hell in a Cell matches: Triple H versus Cactus Jack from No Way Out 2000. Uh, this one was uh, supposed to be Mick Foley's retirement matchup. This was an absolute uh, great matchup during Triple H's all-time run in 2000. Uh, such a such a back and forth matchup. Cactus Jack putting his body on the line, getting backflipped through the cell the cell roof. What was your thoughts on this one, Top Guy JJ? Oh man, this this was one of those matches that I was really hoping that the Cactus Jack character would have literally like came through to shine for the WWE. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's kind of like we if we would have been kind of like the analyst that we are now, we would have kind of seen this coming. But watching this match with how much it was 18, 19 years ago, like this was a long time ago. So seeing this match and just believing that Cactus Jack was coming back to slay the King of Kings. This was a barn burner. Like this was fucking. <laughs> this one here, like seeing like Triple H sold the shit out of this whole main event. Like he sold the fact that he's afraid of Cactus Jack. Like the the, the cell work of Triple H was fucking phenomenal. This this was awesome. This was an awesome main. Like if you did, there's only like three. If you're gonna really recommend a newbie to watch Hell in a Cell matches. This would be probably one of the three that I would recommend. Mm. But it didn't make our top three. Our top three, the next coming in at number three is two names that you've heard a lot on this list. The Undertaker <laughs> versus Triple H from WrestleMania 28. The end of an era matchup with Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee. I would say this is the best acting and the most emotional Hell in a mm -hmm. In history, which also has the greatest near fall in WWE history, where Shawn Michaels hit Sweet Chin Music into the pedigree on The Undertaker, and we thought the streak had ended uh, for yes. at a moment there before The Undertaker kicked out. Uh, Shawn Michaels' exasperated face kind of was the expression of the entire crowd <laughs> in Miami, Florida. Coming in what? at number two, 
is the OG, the original Hell in a Cell matchup from Bad Blood to uh, 1997, as it was uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. And this is the essence of the Hell in a Cell. I had this as my number one because I felt like the the first Hell in a Cell was the best Hell in a Cell because it was what Hell in a Cell was supposed to be. It was because Shawn Michaels kept running away from The Undertaker with DX, (laughs) and he finally had to be trapped inside the cell. And not only did they put on a tremendous performance, an amazing matchup that stands up as one of the only five-star matchups in WWE history, we also got one of the greatest debuts of all time with Kane debuting, coming out, ripping off the door, tombstoning his brother to lead to Shawn Michaels getting the victory. A masterpiece. His face was it, it was everything. Of the word. Expression. It's gotta be! It's gotta be Kane! But <laughs> <laughs> number one, it, that is due to Chrissy Love and Top Guy JJ having it number one because I will just say I don't think it's much of a match, but it's probably that the most television. famous. The most famous, the most infamous Hell in a Cell matchup. And if you're going to show one match to a person that says wrestling is fake, it would be this match. The Undertaker (laughs) versus Mankind at King of the Ring 1998. Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, why was this your number one? JJ? I mean, I mean, dude, you're talking about anything that I'm ever going to show to somebody and be like, yo, this is some bullshit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm put this on. I'm gonna put this on right here and say, I dare you to do this. I dare you. I dare you. I fucking dare you. I will give you my check for two months if you pull <laughs> this shit off in any setting to get thrown like this. This is this literally catapulted Mick Foley into a stratosphere that he could never reach again, no matter what he did, winning the WWE title. Winning multiple championships, this was the pinnacle of his life. Yes. And this man has been in barbed wire matches. He's been in <laughs> death matches. He's been in all sorts of crazy. He's been power driven through tables. He's been power driven into fluorescent lights. He's been power driven into thumbtacks. He's been thrown into dumpsters. He's been thrown off dumpsters in a dumpster. He's been buried this, in buried alive. This, this is what you remember from Mick Foley. And not only the fact that he got thrown, he he fucking got up. He fucking got up. He and got the second, up. Second and one and, and, and beat the Undertaker to the top of the cell. He was the first one on the cell. He was the first one up there. Like, this this here is, this, this was a man. Mick Foley was a fucking man in this match. This is a man here. He's a man. I challenge any man to do this shit. Chrissy, why was it number one for you? You have to remember, for me, I put it as the little kid that watched this match. The little kid that saw this was like, oh my God. Like, it made me, like, the crowd popping, like, everything in this match. I can still watch this, still get goosebumps from watching this match. Yes, they didn't have much fighting, SP. However... The match itself just gave you the story of uh, no other story. Watch any other Hell in a Cell match you want to watch. I dare you. That story that they, these two guys were telling you is, has not been told in any of the other ones. Sorry, not sorry. Hey, just before, you know who told us such a great story in this match? Who? Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. 
facts. Oh my god. <laughs> Magical <laughs> commentary in this match. From the commentator, from the crowd, the people around the ring. People, when Mick Foley was thrown off the ring and people were bringing him up and then he goes back and he goes fighting and he goes back on top of it. it just, it's just so many elements to this. And then when you hear them go back and tell the story way back then, it's mind-boggling, even from both sides. How about a friend kiss? And, 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 and I'm yo, sorry, I'm Jeremy, sorry. Y'all both... When he yeah, got both, through the yes, cell. both didn't mention him getting choke slammed through the cell, which is worse than getting thrown no, off the cell. Right. When we get there, when he gets thrown through the cell, Jerry Lola's like, oh my God, he's dead. <laughs> oh my God, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> but he, but he, and, 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 and Nick Foley always said, but do you remember that pop? Like the pop of him every, like, he's not even focusing on like the wrestling. He's just remembering what he would be remembered for and the people that pop for this. I wish I was the kid that could have seen that shit live. But I saw it at home on an illegal pay-per-view. But it was so much. It was so good and yeah, so fun. They announced yeah, Table broke his fall yes. in the first one. Yeah. The, the ring, there's no give. There's no there's break no fall. SP and Chrissy, guess what happened after that? The fucking match continued! It continued! <laughs> they didn't like stop it. still had a fucking pulse in this match. Like, like how? <laughs> it continued! <laughs> Can't argue too much. I had it right. done in my top five. So that is our list of the top 10 greatest Hell in a Cell matches of all time. Let us know in the comments section below what your list is, what your greatest Hell in a Cell match in history was. Let us know in the comments section below. But that brings us to a close on True Hill Heat 131. Miss Chrissy Love, please tell the people where they can find you on social media. You can find me with my good brothers every week. Uh, as one of the co-hosts of True Hill Heat, every week on our podcast, I am on IG, Twitter, and on Facebook. It's uh, Chrissy Love underscore, or just Miss Chrissy Love. And as my my name is just Crystal Lynch. And Top Guy JJ. On Instagram, you can find me at True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. And on the YouTube channel on True Hill Heat, you can find me every week with these two awesome people on True Hill Heat every week. And sometimes on the round tables as we cover some really, really good pay-per-views. Sometimes, some really sometimes some really <laughs> fucked up storytelling. <laughs> and the one and only appearance on the Monday Night Raw round. Or what the, the rated, rated Raw Superstars. superstars. Yeah. Rated Raw Superstars with, with Drunk Guy and Romeo featuring the hit song, Doll in the Mirror. <laughs> and you can see Top Guy JJ on our Hell in a Cell roundtable review. If you want an in-depth analysis of the last pay-per-view from WWE, you can see myself and Chrissy Love on the Vice Versa Presents China documentary. Of course, you got Blunt Impact, AE Recap, uh, Dark Power, Joints and Jabronis, all the great stuff, Rated Raw Superstars, NX3, all the great stuff, Fusion of Honor from the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. You can find me at True Heel SP3 on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us all Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at True Heel Heat. So until True Heel Heat 132 next week, it is me, it is me, your True Heel Phenom SP3. For Miss Chrissy Love, for Top Guy JJ, we are signing off until next time. Peace, y'all.